knew that nice weather we were experiencing the last couple of, not even the last couple of weeks, maybe a week and a half, something like that. You knew that wasn't going to last, and we were going to get a new fluffy blanket of white snow covering the UP. It's a sports pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're along. Jake Duran of Local 3 joins me per usual on a Thursday. What's up, Jake? You know, Tanner, what the golden rule with weather is up here, it is if you think it's over, that's when you get hit the hardest. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people probably out there thinking, I was one of them, you know, this winter hasn't been bad as compared to last year. Mm -hmm. At this time, I was was going crazy. Um, And, you know, I was thinking maybe we're just going to get lucky. You know, the roads were, I I remember driving yesterday, the roads were like clear, dry, Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is nice. But as soon as you start thinking it's over, that's when you're going to get hit the hardest. We still got about a month and a half. And we of, still got of, more coming tonight. Yeah, of potentially where we could really be getting hit hard with the snow. So uh, if you're out there, don't jump too far ahead of yourselves. This is the UP. We've seen it happen time and time again. I've been up here for most of my life, and I know we it is far from over. Well, I tell you what, we got some of it this morning. And, I, I mean, these were thick, white, fluffy flakes coming down until early afternoon. I, I haven't checked. Is it still snowing when you came in? Um, it's not snowing as bad anymore. I, it, you know, it's it's coming down in like a sleet form. It's mm. it's it's more of a water, uh, you know, wetness. Um, but you know, the snow earlier it was heavy. Obviously, mm. I, it, it stopped me from coming into town to get my hair cut. <laughs> you know, I, I had it planned. I was ready to go. And then I get the text from my my mom, who's who's always you know worrying. She's your average mother. Drive safe. Mm. Watch out for other people. And she kind of scared me from, you know, coming in town. Like, risk and reward. We're going to talk about this guy walking over a volcano later Mm -hmm. on. The risk wasn't worth the reward. You know, fresh haircut's nice. I didn't want to make the trip back and forth too many times and risk, you know, getting into an accident or anything. I try to write my haircuts off as a business thing because whenever I go there, my barber's a huge Red Wings fan. So I always have, like, plenty of content. Like, I talked to a Red Wings fan today, and I have plenty of content if I'm going to talk about hockey and talk about the wings because Pete, shout out my barber Pete, uh, is a huge fan, and we always have good conversations while he cuts my hair. Is this weird? I mean, I, 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 I like Pete. Pete's a cool guy. Is it weird that your barber is bald? Is that weird? I mean, not necessarily because he probably can't help it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure if he he but sure I mean, most... his, his expertise is hair, and if he doesn't have any himself, you know, sometimes what you don't have drives you to become better. Um, sometimes not the most athletic people will make it covering the sports, sure, because okay, they enough. they can't play it themselves to that high so level. Me. So me, but I mean, I wasn't gonna say anything, but <laughs> me too, me as well. Um, but you know. The guy's probably. I know Pete, and I'm pretty sure that family's owned a barbershop. Oh, you in know the area. Pete. Um, I'm not not personally, but I know who he is. Um, He's I, my I gotta guy. Show, you know, I don't go to Pete. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Pete, if you're listening. My guy, classic barbershops. Shout out Kevin Dewitt. Mm-hmm. He always holds it down. I actually even have. I have a hair deal from my station, That's and I don't thing. even use it. Yes. Oh, I'm I don't sure. Because yeah, you got to look presentable if you're right, TV right, and everything. Okay. Right. No, we have a deal with with a company. Um, I guess I'll shout them out too. Shout out to the to the to the ladies at the UPR hair company. I apologize for not going there, but we have a deal where you know we can get free cuts, uh, and I I don't even go there. I don't even use it because I'm I'm loyal to Kevin in classic barbershops, mm-hmm. and um, I love going there too, man. There's always a long line, but the conversation is great. It's a it's an actual you know barbershop yep. talk, and it's really fun. I so. like those. You know, I always block out about an hour of my day to just go sit and talk. It's, yeah. it's really fun. You got like the swirly thing outside, that big swirly sign. I have no idea what its, you know, what its purpose is or, well, you know, what about it. That's a good question, actually. What is that? About? I heard it one time. I forgot about it because it's something really, it's, it's, it's got kind of like a vulgar kind of a, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, morbid, morbid uh, history, morbid origin. Um, it has something to do with like bloodletting, I think, and it was it's something like from the ancient times. I don't remember, but uh, you know what signs I'm talking about? Those little swirly oh, things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Those are cool. Yeah, you know, you know, it's a barber shop when you, you know see that's it. a good one. It's so weird how like a lot of symbols and things um, always boil down to like some like something crazy or scary or something from the past. Um, it's just kind of weird how that works out, you know. I always, you know, like you talk about the morbid meaning behind those. Um, a lot of things have some morbid meanings. It's it's kind of weird. Well, I'm looking at it now. I just pulled this up because I was curious, and it says during medieval times, barbers p- uh, performed several different things besides cutting hair. They offered a few different services, including things like tooth extraction, things like that. And that the original pole that you know that they uh, advertise now was actually a water basin, and uh, it represented the vessel in which leeches were kept. So there was a mix of fluids, uh, red like blood and stuff, and it all swirled around this brass pole. And I guess they thought, you know, let's make this our logo. Wow! How about that? I will never look at one of those the same. Thanks. <laughs> You know it's a good barber shop though when uh, when you see one of those outside of there. So I, I, I'm here for that. Either or though, we were talking about snow and now we're talking about barbers. And uh, how every show starts. I know it is. It, it takes us a while. It takes us a while. I tell you what though, uh, we are still supposed to get the heaviest of it, the worst of it tonight. Uh, a little less than an hour from now, I think they said once we sign off the show, about five o'clock is when we're supposed to get the heaviest of it. So we're not out of the woods by any stretch. Um, yeah, if you're you're driving, obviously out there, take it slow. Um, don't rush. Like I said, it's just not worth it, man. It's no. just not worth it. Well, I tell you what, we've got a lot more pertinent things to get to today. Tom Brady and this whole saga just keeps getting weirder, and there are all kinds of twists and turns to it. There are new wrinkles that are unfolding with it. Steph Curry is back. A little too late for the Warriors to make anything out of it, but there's somebody whose name we recognize on the Warriors again. I guess we've had Draymond, but... You know, that was just Draymond. Uh, there was a man who crossed a live volcano last night on TV. And uh, we'll talk a little more basketball. Oh, by the way, the Packers, I saw they are looking at moving on from Jimmy Graham. How you feel about that? Oh, I feel great about it, honestly. Um, I kind of saw this coming. It's kind of been um, the talk right since the season ended. Uh, you know, he's going to pay a lot of money. And honestly, um, outside of the red zone, he really wasn't a, a legit threat. No. And I think that really... You know, you talk about the receivers and how they they lack production. Not having a really good pass catching tight end doesn't help those receivers at all because they don't got to worry inside the twenties. They don't got to really worry about Jimmy Graham getting open. He's mm-hmm. he was kind of a shell of himself. I hear they want to go after Austin Hooper from the Falcons mm-hmm. potentially. I think that would be a good pickup. Um, they definitely need to upgrade the position. I know they drafted Jay Sternberger out at A and M. He didn't really get to play a lot. He was dealing with I think concussion issues, but I know they're high on him. He's kind of a more of a receiver receiver type of uh, tight end. I want to see Mercedes Lewis back. He's he's a good blocker. He's not as much in the passing game, but I think he complements well. They need to do something. They need to upgrade that tight end position. I, I definitely don't think Jimmy Graham is the answer there. So mm-hmm. no no disrespect to Jimmy Graham. He was a beast in uh, 
New Orleans, had a decent run in Seattle, and he did a lot of good things. He made some plays here in Green Bay, but I just think um, right now it's, it's probably best for them to part ways. That report, by the way, came from Ian Rappaport. He's pretty darn reliable, so the Packers are looking at not bringing Jimmy Graham back, and right now you mentioned Mercedes Lewis, but right now they only have one player that's an actual lock for their roster next season, and that's the aforementioned Jay Sternberger, who's going to enter his second year out of Texas A&M. I like that Austin Hooper prospect, though. I mean, he's a top five uh, top five tight end, wouldn't you say? I would I would think so, and if you're not really uh, too familiar with Austin Hooper, um, play down there in Atlanta, um, cop passes from Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a pretty good quarterback, um, but he's a big physical receiver um, that likes, he has a, knit, a knack for finding space in the middle of the field, and I think that's exactly what Green Bay needs. I think he's in his mid-20s, just entering his prime. Um, big guy, he reminds me of Mark Andrews from Baltimore. Mm. Um, big physical guy, but sneaky fast and like I said he just has has a knack for getting open and finding the soft spots and zones and things like that and I think that's the blanket that that Aaron Rodgers needs and I think getting a guy like that at the tight end position like I said will open things up on the outside um, because that's a huge thing when you're a defense and you don't have to worry about the tight end very much you know it's, it's Jimmy Graham he might be able mm-hmm. to box us out in the red zone but um, if you're not really worried about him inside the 20s then that that is a huge dimension of your offense that the defense doesn't have to worry about. Well, and it becomes even more important when you take into account Aaron Rodgers' age and where he is in his career. Tight ends are the security blankets for quarterbacks, and Aaron, as he's been getting older, has not had a good one of those for a while now. I mean, it, it, who is the last great tight end that Green Bay's really had? I mean, do we have to go all the way back to Bubba Franks? Bubba Franks was there. Um, Jermichael Finley was he on was, his way. Okay. He was on his way. He was a scary, physical uh, type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he, he got injured. I think he got like a neck injury and his career was cut short. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw when Jared Cook came in, I know he wasn't, you know, the greatest tight end, but he did things and he helped that offense. Sure. He made that big catch against Dallas in the in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sad to see him go. I thought they should have retained him. He's down in, in New Orleans making a difference with the Saints. But other than that, yeah, man, it's kind of been a revolving door. They tried Richard Rodgers, drafted yeah. him out of Cal, and he was kind of he was kind of a bust. I mean, he made that big catch against Detroit. Shout out to the Lions fans listening. Um, at the last second, that walk-off Hail Mary. Um, but other than that, yeah, man, they don't, they haven't really had a tight end. And like you said, Aaron Rodgers' age, mm-hmm. um, I know people are speculating now it's, it's around draft time, but I don't know if they have a lot of time to really draft and develop players. No, they don't. They need a, you know, free agency is going to be huge for Green Bay. I know Brian Gutekunst, he brought in a, a lot of guys on defense last year. I don't think he's done bringing in guys. Um, cap space, I'm not sure exactly where they are. Um, getting rid of Jimmy Graham is going to open up around, I think, $8 million or something like that. But um, I expect Green Bay to bring in at least one guy to help fill uh, a few of these holes that Green Bay has a lot of holes well I mean and you looked at Rodgers and how his numbers were down last year his security blanket is a guy whose days are well behind him his best days are well behind him with Jimmy Graham so I really like that Austin Hooper prospect coming over there you know I think about some of the top tight ends in the NFL Jake and obviously the top two are Kittle and Kelsey Zach Ertz I would have penciled in as a sure number three maybe even contend with those two or uh, before the season he didn't have that good of a year to, uh, to but for his standards and where he should have been. I still think he's a top five tight end. And then you've got guys that you know are. You wonder are they top five? Are they not? You mentioned Mark Andrews from Baltimore. I, lo- I think I love Mark he Andrews, snuck up yeah. on a lot of people this year. Uh, I think of Austin Hooper. I actually did have him as a top five. I think I had him at number four when I did my uh, preseason position rankings. Mm-hmm. 
I, I would say he probably is top five. It's hard to think of somebody else who comes to mind. And the Packers upgrading with somebody at the top five at their position and give Aaron that extra weapon as he gets older, I mean, that's absolutely what you need to do. I mean, your window is right now. You right won now. 13 games this year with Jimmy Graham as your primary tight end. You think if you upgrade with a top five talent there, what they could look like, what Aaron Rodgers' stats could look like this season. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, in my eyes, they need they need to bring in either a middle linebacker from free agency. I know Corey Littleton from from the Los Angeles Rams. He fits the mold perfectly. Can cover. Blake Martinez was a, an exceptional tackler, but the guy couldn't cover. Could not cover um, to he, save his you know, life. Yeah, and offenses offenses could just kind of figure it out to kind of get a mismatch and have a fast guy on on Blake Martinez, and they were getting burned by it. Um, so I think. Middle linebacker is a huge position I think they could address in free agency. There's not that great middle linebackers that they can get with that later first-round pick. Kenneth Murray's a guy, Patrick Queen, but those guys might be gone by the time they pick. And then, like you said, tight end. There's not This tight end class is really bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even name. The, you know, <laughs> I, And I look into the draft. I can't even really name any any tight end. Uh, Komet from, yep, from you know, Notre Dame, from Notre Dame is one of, one of those guys. But... Um, they definitely need to bring in a lot of people have been focusing on this wide receiver position, but people forget about this tight end position. This mm-hmm. is a very important position. The best teams, the two teams in the Super Bowl, have two elite tight ends, tra- uh, Travis Kelsey and, and George Kittle, and um, I think that would just be a, an um, amazing get. And I'm still, I'm still open to bring in. I know people are going to be mad at me, but I'm, I'm still on this Odell. If they can get him for the right price. I know people have been talking. They might want a first-round pick for him. The Browns said they're open to trade him if they're blown away. Mm-hmm. But if you can get him for like maybe a second-round pick, I don't see why you're not going to get Odell in, at number thirty. What if the Browns say it's going to take a first-round pick? Would you give up a first for Odell at this point in his career? You know, short term, I think it's it's the best option. I think he he was in New York with an aging Eli Manning. Um, you know, yeah, he made his mistakes off the field. Yes, he's he can be have diva tendencies and things like that. But um, he was productive, obviously, in his first few years in the NFL. He got injured a year, um, and then he went to Cleveland, and. It's the Cleveland Browns, man. They had a bad mm-hmm. year. Um, Baker took a step back. He regressed. And I think if he can get with a, a quarterback, he hasn't he hasn't played with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't played with a technician on the other side like a Devontae Adams. He hasn't been in a program that is a winning culture. And if there's one thing I know about Odell, he, he always wants to win. That's one thing that I can say. He's never shied away from the fact that he just wants to win. I think if he goes there, the Green Bay Packers win. You can pair him up. Just think of Devontae Adams, Austin Hooper. Odell Beckham that offense is is elite you see I just I don't see that with Odell Beckham I don't think I would make that move right now because the Giants at one point were winning culture with him and remember that game before uh, the the Packers game the week before in the postseason he takes off to Florida and he's hanging out in Miami with the other wideouts you know you think back to that game it was a blowout Eli Manning was not the reason they lost that game Eli was pretty well on the money that game I just the last couple of years, he's not been productive. And at some point, the talent right now is just far outweighing the productivity or the lack thereof for me. I just I wouldn't do it for Odell right now. Yeah, I mean, if like I said, if they could get it, maybe do it for a second-round pick, yeah. And I and I, I do agree, you know, the guy has made mistakes. The mm-hmm. guy's human. Um, I, I would hope at some point he would kind of mature a little bit and, and be better. And maybe it's just going to take – I'm going into a locker room with a guy like like an Aaron Rodgers in, in – at in a or at a franchise that has a winning record that has expectations for a Super Bowl, um, 
at some point, you know, I just feel like he, he just needs maybe this change of senior will focus him a little bit. Um, first round pick, it, it's scary. But I, I don't know, man, because now they're saying is Denzel Mims going to be the answer? Yeah. Is Denzel is, if you draft Denzel Mims at thirty, is he going to be the answer? I, I would is, probably is, go with Jefferson from LSU. Is is Justin Jefferson? Would you pick? Is Justin Jefferson better than Odell right now? Uh, I, I I have no way to measure that. Right. He's never played in the NFL. What are the chances? It's a 50-50 bust to to hit ratio in the draft. Will he come in and be productive? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't I don't really know. I, I want the sure thing. I want Odell, who has experience, who's been there. Um, and instead of Justin Jefferson coming in and, and again, having to play behind Alan Lazard, play behind, who knows, Equinemia St. Brown coming back, MVS there, he's going to have to battle with them uh, and guys like that. I would rather have the sure thing. Bring Odell in. Um, hope that he, he, you know, he he's focused and, and ready to win. And you need to take a chance. This team needs to take a chance. The window is right there. It's closing quickly. And at this point, I just feel like bringing in vets is the way to go. I think you got to look more at the free agency route than than relying on who you're drafting in the first, second, and third rounds. I don't know. That's just how I feel. Danner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take our first time out. When we come back, the Tom Brady rumors keep on growing, swirling, what have you. We'll talk about it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. There is growing momentum that Tom Brady could do the unthinkable and leave the safety and comfort of the New England Patriots. We'll get to that in a moment. First, though, Jake... I was on my way back from Westwood last night over at the Westwood Bark River Harris game, calling it here in ESPN UP. That game moved pretty darn quickly. We got done, I thought, fairly early. So I'm on my way back and I'm flipping through stations and I'm looking for if, you know, if anybody else is playing, if I can get somebody else's broadcast and uh, hear how some other teams are doing. I didn't find another game. I had to stop what I was doing. Because you'll never guess what song came on as I was flipping through channels, what song I heard. You have to at least guess once. You know me well enough. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Which, which one? Uh, man, I haven't heard it. I, has she come up with any new music? I don't even know. Oh, yeah. Well, she's still coming out with it. But uh, this um, was Love Story from ooh. like 12 years ago. And I just turned that up. I cranked it and I hammered it. I'm, I'll tell you what. I, I like to think I'm a humble person. My rendition of it in the car, singing along, gave me goosebumps. Wow! It was amazing. I like. I felt like I was like back in two thousand eight. Hey man, um, you know a lot of people think they can sing, and it sounds good in their head or from their perspective. Oh no, I nailed it. That's what. That's what. That's what I said a couple of times, and then people came around. They said, "Hey, you need to chill out." You just lip sync. No man, I, I got the mic. I karaoke man. Yeah. You go down. You think you're killing it. Um, the next day you look on Snapchat and you see videos of yourself thinking you're, you're just nailing these notes and it doesn't sound great. Hey, I killed it. I, I did it. it. I believe you. You want me to pull it up right now? Let's you want, want me to pull up? Why don't you sing it right now? That song? I legally can't because I don't have the rights to do it. <laughs> that that sounds like a cop out, but we'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have hey, the rights hey, to be able to play the, that. Here for the here. listeners listening right now, I'll have him do it once the show wraps there up. And then next week I'll give you an update on just how great in quotes it was you know what we need to do is on our way out of here we asked jim our pd who's on air uh with q107 request taylor swift love story 
So think, it's in the car as I'm driving back. Well, Ford, Ford Tanner, and then you should videotape it, <laughs> and then we'll play the audio. Oh, I guess we can't play the audio. There's Live all these rules. I know. Goodness. I know. The FCC is hamstringing us, and FCC won't let me be. Big government, what have you? I don't know. It's an election year. Maybe they'll do something about it. Either or, Tom Brady. Could he be doing the unthinkable and leave New England? This started out as kind of like a fun rumor. It's just kind of like, eh, it won't happen, but what if it did? You know, it's fun to speculate. Now it's starting to look like it actually might happen. And, Jake, to me, there are four teams that clearly have the edge at landing Tom Brady over anybody else. And I'm starting to rank them. I need your help, though. Um, one team that has a chance to get it, well, first the four teams that I believe have the best chance would be San Francisco, Las Vegas, Tennessee, or staying with New England. Um, Las Vegas is an interesting choice because uh, you're bringing in an aging icon on his last legs. He's accomplished so much, and you want him to finish out your career there. That's as Vegas as it gets. Uh, Al Davis is just in love with Tom Brady. I'm convinced there's nothing Al Davis wouldn't do for Tom Brady. And then Dana White on Instagram Live yesterday is trying to pitch to Tom Brady to come out to Vegas. All of that makes sense, but it doesn't make sense for Brady because he's got maybe... Two years max. I know he wants to play three more till he's 45. I think he'll retire at least after two if he doesn't win a championship. And the Raiders are not going to contend for a title here in these next couple of years. I mean, they took strides this year. Uh, ne- next step is getting to the postseason, maybe winning a playoff game. But they are not in title contention, and Tom has got maybe two years left to do it, and you know that's what he wants. So it makes sense on Vegas's end. Vegas doesn't make sense to Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, out of the teams you mentioned, they have the worst supporting cast that Brady would, would play with, and, and that conference isn't no joke. And like you said, there's a couple years. And honestly, Tom Brady, you know, he's declining. It's mm-hmm. it's it's safe to say now um, he's not at the the – edge just yet but um he's on his way i mean father time doesn't wait for anybody so um out of all of those teams yeah it's a it's an interesting thought going to las vegas it's the entertainment capital sin city you know you have all the all the retired musicians go there or the older musicians go there and and extend their career for years Mm -hmm. just playing in casinos and things like that so it does make sense. Um, Tom Brady's a family man. I just don't know if that's the city you'd want to bring your no. family to or anything like that. And um, and honestly, as much as it would m- probably bring in tickets and stuff like that, in my eyes, if I'm starting in a new city with a new arena and things like that, I'm trying to find a guy that's going to be there for years, mm-hmm. you know, in the draft potentially, a younger guy that's going to come up and, and become – become the the darling of the city not not tom brady who's going to sit there for two years and and it's too big of a risk i mean if if you're planning on going to las vegas you might as well just go back to new england i mean and things like that for me i think tennessee is, is a perfect fit for uh for me as we uh go through this list here and kind of where i rank and the third most likely team that tom brady would end up with i believe would be if he stayed with new england mm-hmm. because Belichick reportedly had a closed door meeting with tom yesterday and he's very private about stuff like that and he did something that he normally doesn't do which is let us know how a closed door meeting went he said it was not very productive with tom brady and they're not coming to that mutual agreement and seeing eye to eye and i think they both feel like they have something to prove that they can both win without the other uh you, you all know how i feel about that who is more important in that relationship it's obviously to me Billichek, but uh but but i don't believe that it's a lock anymore i just couldn't see it that he would leave new england i i don't feel that way anymore now i think it's an absolute possibility in fact i think there are two other teams i think he's very likely to be with this fall instead of them yeah, and uh, when this whole news started to break, where it's like Tom Brady could be on the move, I thought it was just you know chit chat, um, people trying to create a story, and I thought 
uh, Tom Brady was sitting at home and the Patriots, Robert Kraft was just laughing at mm-hmm. it and just letting it letting it play out and, and ultimately they were going to come to a decision. But the more and more I think about it, you know, this isn't the first time Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have kind of butt, butted heads, disagreed and things like that. I think obviously together they both accomplished great things, but um, Bill Belichick's not getting any younger. I'm mm-hmm. sure he wants to prove that he could do a little bit more um, without a guy like Tom Brady and, and vice versa. Tom Brady wants to show that, hey, um, it wasn't Bill Belichick. I'm not cis Tom, um, and I could go somewhere else and, and bring a championship home, and that would be a perfect icing on a absolutely amazing career, one mm-hmm. of the best we've seen, if not the best, out of a quarterback. Sure. So, um, with th- with re- sometimes with relationships, man, it could be very good. You could do a lot of great things together. Um, any relationship, friendship, you know, uh, with a significant other. Um, sometimes relationships just they fade apart. People fade mm-hmm. apart. People uh, go different ways, and and sometimes you just got to come to an agreement that hey, you know, we're seeing different, and we have to move on and, and try to grow in different avenues. So I think that's kind of the more and more that we're hearing about it. I kind of just think that's where it is. I think Tom kind of is starting to see the the end, mm-hmm. and you know, he only has a couple years, and I think he wants to just try something new. Man, they've been going at it. It's a grind yep. year after year after year, deep into the playoff game after game. And, um, you know, sometimes you a change of scenery could really help you get a little bit more motivation, refreshing things up a little bit, and, um, you know, take that staleness out of there. And I think that's kind of where they are. So um, early on, I couldn't see Tom Brady not in a New England uniform. But like you said, I agree with you. As time is going on and you're seeing reports and hearing things, it's kind of seeming like Tom is coming to grips. I think Bill Belichick, I don't think he really – Bill Belichick's been known to just get rid of players mm-hmm. who he thinks are in decline. Uh, Vrabel is one of the guys. He yep. got rid of him. He was a defensive captain. Still had some years left, and he just got rid of him out yep. of nowhere. And and I know Mike Vrabel, who now coaches the Tennessee Titans, I know they had a bad relationship for a few years. Mm-hmm. I think they're better now, but it's just like that. Bill Belichick knows you know, it's business, and then it's personal, and he keeps them, both of them completely separate. It, so, But for Tom Brady, I think he's coming to the grips with the fact that, hey, I might be playing somewhere else. You know, and I absolutely believe that a few years after Tom retires, we are going to hear that their relationship, his and Belichick's, has been fractured since Deflategate. Now, here's where it starts to get dicey, Jake, because I don't know which is more likely, Tennessee or San Francisco, which is more likely for Tom Brady to go to. I do know where I think he should go, and I absolutely think he should stay with New England. I mean, what does it say if you go to somewhere else and you fall apart and you kind of ride off into the sunset because you're a 43-year-old quarterback? I just, To me, you've got it made in New England. You've got the greatest coach ever, and yeah, if the doubters call you sis, Tom, you just flash the rings. Um, the team that I think would be the best fit between San Fran and Tennessee. I don't know which is more likely, but I do believe it would be better on both ends for him to go to San Francisco. Tennessee, you know, people are wondering, is Ryan Tannehill actually a good quarterback or was it just Derrick Henry? Does it matter? I mean, it's working for you. Why would you risk that? Why would you break that up? Just keep them together. Keep doing what you're doing. You're part of the Final Four this year. Don't risk that for a guy who's retiring in maybe two years. On San Fran's part, I've got a hot take here coming up, Jake. And you know what? I I feel fairly confident in it. And uh, you're going to want to mark this down. I'll tell you that. Uh, Tom, of course, is from that area, from San Mateo, just outside of San Francisco. I think he would love to come back. And he grew up a 49er fan. They are a team that... You don't know if they're gonna what their future is with Jimmy Garoppolo. They could move on from him right now and only lose four million dollars in dead cap, 
Or they could wait a year, see what happens. Uh, that's kind of where it leads into my hot take here, because whether Tom Brady's going to be there for two years or not, that's that's the argument that says uh, the Niners should keep Garoppolo, because are you really going to take away a guy who just led you, well, maybe not led you, quarterbacked you to the Super Bowl in exchange for a guy who's got one, maybe two years left? Here's my hot take. I don't think that matters, because I truly don't believe that the 49ers quarterback not for this coming season, but the following season, 2021, uh, I don't believe it'll be either Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady. Ready to mark this down, Jake? Yeah, let's hear it. I believe that the 49ers quarterback here following this season will be Kirk Cousins. I believe Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins will be the future quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Let me tell you why. Kirk Cousins is entering the final deal uh, final year of his deal with Minnesota, they know they overpaid him, and they're not going to ask for him back. You have uh, Cousins when he was in Washington, his offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. And Shanahan has very publicly stated how much he likes Kirk Cousins, how much he loved working with him. And, and he's had some other quarterbacks that you know have been probably better. Um, Garoppolo, I don't know if he's better than Cousins. Matt Ryan sure is. Yet it's Kirk Cousins that is Shanahan's guy, and he told NBC Sports in Washington that he was interested at one time. He wanted to bring Kirk Cousins to the 49ers, and he says he would still be interested in that happening. He'll be a free agent after this season, whether Tom Brady decides to call it quits or retire, or they decide, you know what, the cap hit is worth it on Jimmy Garoppolo. Kirk Cousins will be ava- uh, will be available. Shanahan's already coached, and they have a great relationship. That's his guy. I really think Kirk Cousins is going to San Francisco. I mean, for me, you can if, mark it down. Yeah, I, I, I mark know. it down, but honestly, I, is Kirk Cousins really gonna move the needle for yeah, you? But Shanahan wants him. That's Shanahan's guy. I mean, Kirk Cousins. He had, he 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 made up for it a little bit this year. You know, he won in in New Orleans. But other than that, man, I just don't see what it is about Kirk Cousins. You know, what is he going to be asking for after this year? I, it, but it's not should they do it. It's I think they will do it. Okay, but I mean, you you got to pay a lot of guys. I don't think that team, the supporting cast, is going to be great. Um, they're going to have to start letting some of these defensive players go. They're not going to be able to sign all these big time. You know, their defensive lines are crea- crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. You got Quan Alexander there. Fred Warner is gonna gonna ask for a lot of money when he has to get paid. Um, you know they gotta pay a lot of guys. Is Kirk Cousins gonna come over and then that defense not gonna be anywhere near to where they were? And then what's gonna happen? I don't know, man. For me, it, for me, for San Francisco, it just makes sense to stick with what you got. Mm-hmm. You got Jimmy G. The guy's twenty six, I think, twenty six years yep. old. Um, yeah, he didn't have his best game um, in the Super Bowl, but. Um, he's been there now. He, he he showed he can stay healthy this season. He helped lead the team. I know there was a lot in the run game and things like this, but he game managed well, and he got your team to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, you you went up against Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You got Pat Mahomes, and I think a lot of a lot of teams, almost every team who went up against the Chiefs would have suffered the same fate as as San Francisco. Do I think Green Bay, if they somehow beat San Francisco to win in there and won the Super Bowl after seeing what they were doing, I I don't know if Green Bay would have had a chance to be honest with you, but. Um, for me, it's like, why why go 
go away from somebody who got you to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I know he didn't play well, but you got to give him some time, man. And then bringing Tom Brady, I mean, that's just disrespect. Don't disrespect Jimmy G like that. I just, I, I think everyone should stay where they are. I really do. I, really I think, do think Jimmy so should stay with I the think, Niners. Cars should, should stay up, with the Tom Raiders. Should go over to Tennessee. No, no, keep Tannehill. No, it's it, working for you. It worked for one year. And Tom, you you stay where you are. You stick with the greatest coach of all time. You're 43, and you think you're going to have a better year. Think you think things are going to get better by subtracting the greatest coach of all time? I, I this is what I think. I think Tom Brady is better than Ryan Tannehill, obviously. Um, but I but feel, right now, right now, yes, really, I, yes, I do. I, I I'd rather have Tannehill. Tom, Tom Brady right didn't have any. Tom Brady had. No weapons there in, in yeah, New England. But still, statistically, Jimmy Garoppolo was better than Tom Brady this year. That's what I'm saying. That's why you, for San Francisco, it makes no sense to bring Tom Brady over. And it definitely doesn't make sense to me to bring Kirk Cousins over. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Kirk Cousins. Well, I've, you played in Minnesota. I get it. For me, with Tennessee, it'll be easier to, to let Tannehill walk. The reason that they're looking at Tom Brady, though, and I agree, it doesn't make sense for him to go to San Francisco because they just wanted to be a game manager there. But... Jimmy missed that open throw that would have won them the Super Bowl with about six minutes left. It would have pretty much sealed the deal. Tom Brady doesn't miss that throw in those moments. Yeah. That's the only reason why they're considering this, even though you've got the whole season to think about, and Tom is just not at the point where you are going to win because of him anymore. History has shown Tom Brady doesn't make those throws, mm-hmm. but who's to say Tom Brady's not going to fall off a little bit more next year, have a little less on his arm, Obviously, he's never been mobile. Mm-hmm. You know, the bones are getting brittle. It, it's it's age. You just never know, and it's a risk that you're taking. People still want to think of Tom Brady as, you know, the guy that was winning these Super Bowls, but I do think Father Time's finally catching up mm-hmm. to him a little bit. Um, it showed. He was missing. He's missed throws, uh, you know, that are kind of not not what he's used to this mm-hmm. year, and, and I don't know, man. I don't know if, if getting rid of Garoppolo for an aging Tom Brady that's what I'm saying. I don't think that's an upgrade. But I think it's an upgrade over Tannehill. That's just all I'm saying. All right, fair I enough. I think for the Tennessee Titans, it would make more sense than the Niners because I feel like you could get away with letting Ryan Tannehill walk rather than getting rid of the quarterback that actually led your team to the big game, to the Super Bowl. I don't know. It just For me, it, it would be more of a risk. Can you imagine if Tom Brady goes in there, lays an egg in San Fran, and mm-hmm. then that, that general manager and, and the execs have to answer to that? Yep. Like that would be bad if you bring it. If you bring him to Tennessee and, and Tom Brady doesn't get him there, well, at least you took the necessary steps to take the next step. I don't know if Tennessee fans believe Ryan Tannehill's the guy. No. I don't really know. I still still think they're looking Vrabel's there. There's a New England connection. I don't think either of them really like Bill Belichick. They'll bond that way. You got Derrick Henry there. He's a beast. That defense is on the come up. I think they're a top. You know they're uh, getting better. You know, that defensive unit, they're younger. I don't know, man. It just Tennessee, I can picture Tom in Tennessee. Other than that, I think he's going back to New England. I think it's between those two teams. Danner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take our next time out when we come back. A man tightroped over a volcano last night. Why? Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Jake Durant with you Thursday afternoon. Again, bundle up. The snow is coming. A little bit more than uh, than we've already gotten, so stay safe out there. Here's your Sports Center update. NFL players have been given uh, ballots to vote for the proposed uh, collective bargaining agreement. They will have seven days to cast their vote. The Carolina Panthers have traded right guard Trey Turner to the L.A. Chargers in exchange for left tackle Russell Okung. Well, there's some big names that are 
being swapped around the NFL. And finally, Delloy Hansen, the owner of the MLS team Real Salt Lake, paid $1.2 million for a rare dime. The dime is part of an, uh, of an 1894 set, of which there were only 24 made, nine of which have actually been located. He paid $1.2 million for a 10-cent piece. I wish I had money to Wouldn't throw around Wouldn't you love like that. to be at that point in your life? Honestly, even if I did have that money, I just don't think I could do it. No. I just couldn't, I couldn't process that. What is the point of buying that dime? I mean, even if it, I don't even know if they would still accept it as currency. And even if they do, what are you going to buy for 10 cents? I know, but I mean, if there's just X amount in the whole world... Just for some, that's more value than the money you're spending because I, I you can make the money that. back. You can make the million back, but there's only so many of these one little pieces that you know you could wake up every day and look over at your nightstand and there it is. Oh, that's and great! It's like I have one of nine. Yeah, I'm one million deep in the hole now because I got a ten cent dime from 125 years ago. But I'm sure the guy has has some deep pockets. He's oh, probably I'm sure. not even worried. It was probably it was probably pocket change. Nope. No pun intended. It was a drop in the bucket for yeah. him. Either or, uh, that is your Sports Center update. Last night, Nick Walenda, part of the uh, esteemed family, we'll call them the Great Walendas. They are a family of trapeze artists, of circus performers, and stuntmen. And he's a professional daredevil. He's done stuff like this before, but last night he tightroped over a volcano down in South America. And this is one of, like I think, eight volcanoes in the world that has a literal lava lake inside of this crater. And he decides that he is going to tightrope over it, and ABC is going to televise it. What possesses somebody to do that, Jake? I mean, <laughs> I, I just know, I can't imagine doing that. You're talking about a guy who's afraid to go on a Ferris wheel. I mean, I'm afraid <laughs> of heights. I don't really like to take chances. Like, I don't have the urge to skydive, bungee jump. I, I, I am an adrenaline seeker, but I do it in, in different ways. Mm. Obviously, working in the news, live TV, I get that, that burst. When I used to play sports, it was the same. You know, you get an adrenaline pump, it feels good. But I'm not putting myself in danger. Um, I'm, I'm really glad I wasn't born into a family of stunt artists where I felt mm -hmm. like I need to fulfill the family name and do crazy things. Shout out to Nick for taking um, taking on the challenge and doing it. Obviously, that takes takes some big you-know-what to go and walk across a volcano. Um, ABC 10 risking it all. To, <laughs> I'm sure there was a tape delay on that. Um, uh, but, uh, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what. Some some people are crazy, man. Some people have it in their blood. Some people um, want to get the most out of life, and they feel like this is the way, and, and that's to take risk, and that's to do crazy things. And and um, yeah, that was just that's just one of those guys who has a screw loose, I guess you could say. To set the scene for you, he walked across in about thirty-one minutes. He crossed this volcano from one part of the crater to the other, uh, across the mouth that. Uh, far below it has all that lava and smoke coming up. He actually wore a gas mask and goggles because of the, uh, the gases and the toxins and everything. But about halfway through, he ripped off the goggles because it was almost the, it, they, they were almost melting and searing to his eyes. So he ripped off the goggles about halfway through. He did have a safety harness attached to him. So I, I you just, your face kind of fell when I said that. That sparked a, a big Twitter debate last night because there are a bunch of people who were tuned into that and they were disappointed. They were almost unimpressed because he had a safety harness on. So even if he fell, he wasn't going to fall into the lava and the flames, what have you. And there are people actually disappointed and unimpressed with that. Man, 
I saw the the impression, the impress, impression, impressness, whatever. I saw it leave your face. It, it left a little that. bit, man. Um, obviously, I didn't I didn't tune in. I was at work and I was busy covering covering sports from last night. But I mean, I don't I don't blame him. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't blame him. Obviously, risk and reward. I know mm-hmm. we talked about it when when driving in in winter. It's not worth risking your life to go no. and try to accomplish walking over the volcano. Um, what people should do, it's yes, it's not as impressive, it's not as scary, there's not as much at risk. Um, even with a safety harness, accidents can happen mm-hmm. and, and it could fail, but um, you still got to give the guy credit for making the, the walk across. 31 minutes mm-hmm. to stay, you know how focused and, and in tune you have to be? They to, had him mic'd up too, to, he was like doing an interview while he was that's doing insane. it. That's yeah. insane, that's insane. I mean, if you get into your head just a little bit, I'm, sometimes I'm on air mm-hmm. and I'll be mid-sentence um, covering whatever I'm covering and I'll just start thinking and get into my head and then it fumbles me up. Mm-hmm. I, you can, can't afford to do that on one of these tightrope things. So um, obviously safety comes first. It does make it a little less impressive, but I think you got to be impressed by the way that he was able to do that. And what, I mean, it's impressive when there's, you know, toxic gas coming up. I'm sure the heat was there and things like that. And and for him to do that live on TV, I mean, I'm impressed. But it loses some of its enamor when there's a safety harness. I'm sorry. You know, his wife was uh, doing kind of like a pregame show or whatever. She was doing stunts, hanging from a rope over the volcano. From an airplane. I, I'm sorry, from a helicopter. Oh, like, so she was uh, suspended from a helicopter. Uh, I don't know if she was... I don't know if she had a safety harness or if she's just like pulling herself up and swinging around by this rope or whatever over the top of the volcano. I'm like, what do you people do? Like, is this fun for you? Because like, for me, I just... I want to sit down and watch the game. Maybe you know, have a snack or something. That's fun for me. Is this is this what you do for fun? Obviously, um, I don't know either of these people, but they found common ground in being able to do stunts <laughs> and like that. Can you imagine just the converse, daily conversation? What should we do today? Honey? Oh yeah, they got to probably jump out a plane. Each other? Yeah, yeah, like should we should we you know go jump off a mountain? Should we tightrope rope across a, a canyon? I don't I don't really know. A couple um, of years ago, he and his sister, I think they tightroped across like two skyscrapers in New York. He the only time and he did do this one without a safety harness. So I did follow his career. Now he didn't do that one. I'm, the right, one he, I'm, he gets more points in my book then. Okay, the one okay. that he Respect. did with the uh, without a safety harness, the only one he's ever done was tight roping the Grand Canyon. Oof. That that's tough. That's man. terrifying. That's terrifying. <laughs> You're talking about someone who is absolutely terrified of heights. Yeah, um, absolutely terrified of heights. So um, it just looks like it's in their blood, man. Some people, like I said, they're wired differently. And if you're around it, you grew up around it. Your family was doing it. Um, any, it's like anything, you know. You, you find that passion as a young kid, and you just want to do more and extend uh, the boundaries and, and your limits. And I think they just find they find joy in doing that. So shout out to them. I'm never going to do that, um, but I respect never, never. Do. Is there any amount of money that would get you up there? Tight, tight roping, tight roping a volcano. No, no. Not even if you had a safety harness. I mean, if if you want to see me take a couple steps and fall and then try to get out of the, out of it, maybe. But I'd probably do it. I mean, for for like, let's say Mike Bloomberg came up to me and he said, "I'm thinking about running for president again, but instead I'm gonna make better use of this five hundred million dollars. I'll million. give it to you if you go up there and tightrope. You don't even have to do it." You can wear a safety harness. I mean, you don't even have to complete it, I should say. Okay. And you don't have to wear a safety harness. Well, then maybe. I'd do it, yeah. Yeah, if, if there's not like a thing like, oh, if you don't make it X amount of feet across, then mm-hmm. then sorry, you lose, you don't get the money. Yeah. If I'm guaranteed the money, I would step up there and take a couple steps and, and slowly fall and be like, oh, I did it. Uh-huh. I'd, get, I'd 
Give it a shot. But you know, I have a lot of friends who have jumped out of airplanes, and for mm. me, it, I just, I just don't see the joy of it. No, I just don't. I don't. Like I said, I, I don't. I, I love, I love a good adrenaline rush, but I just find it in, in less crazy ways. So um, jumping out of planes, um, to be honest with you, I have no interest even going helicopters. Um, I don't even like to really leave the ground if I don't have to. That's mm-hmm. just how I am. I agree. So. I agree. I'm not a hype person either. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, let's take our last time out. We got a little basketball to finish it off next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any of today's show, we got you. It's available on demand with the Sports Pen podcast, or at least it will be once we sign off here and get it all completed. Go grab that if you missed any part of today's show. I mean, we've. We've covered a lot of stuff, and I tell you what, Jake, it, it's kind of been a morbid overall show. Like, we found out the whole morbid origin of a barbershop poll and why uh, that's the way it is. Uh, we have snowfall impending upon us, uh, like the worst of it's supposed to start here within the next hour or so. Uh, there's the coronavirus, of course, that's sweeping around the country, and we're talking about a guy walking over a volcano. Yeah. You know, the thing I, I like about Local 3 Thursdays, and I hope our, our listeners like about Local 3 Thursdays, is these are just conversations we have. Mm-hmm. We literally, like, sometimes Tanner and I will meet up on Sundays and, and watch some games, and these are just conversations we mm-hmm. have. It's, it's nothing different. It's just on microphones, and, and um, I just, I kind of like that format better than having just a hit topic, topic, topic. Um, for me, I, I am all over the place. I'm sure people out there listening can tell. So this is just how I am, man, and um, this is just how it's going to be, I guess. And as long as you want to keep having me back on Thursdays. I think we'll keep you around for a little bit longer, but I tell you what, I'm thinking about what it would take for me. Okay, here's this, and I, I know we're doing it again, but and I do want to get to basketball, <laughs> but uh, this was a conversation they had on Levitard yesterday, and it's kind of got an interesting wrinkle, like how it ties into what just happened with the volcano and everything. Now, we go back to our scenario from the last segment where we talked about what amount of money would get you to go up there and try that, try tight roping across the volcano with uh, with or without a safety harness. Um, I don't know if you get a lot extensively more money uh, for not doing it with a safety harness. This is a conversation they had on Levitard yesterday, and I don't know how it got brought up, but they said it was a would-you-rather, and it was would-you-rather know how or when you're going to die. Because if you find out you're going to die in a car crash... But you go to this volcano, then you're thinking, oh, if there's no way I can die, then I, I, I can do it. I can do it. Uh, but then one of the producers pointed out that um, it only says you won't die. It doesn't guarantee uh, protecting you from burns or major injury or anything like that. I mean, what, so that's what, true. What if you found out like you're going to die in a car crash? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you just try to avoid all all cars for the rest of your life? You, uh, what if a car doesn't avoid you, though? That's true. I mean, I mean That's like, an interesting question because... Like, what if you fall off a mountain is the thing? Well, just never go near mountains. Exactly, exactly. I don't know. I think I probably know how rather than when. To me, it's depressing to know when. Like, I know That's what it, I mean. It's, I, it's I would just be like counting down the days. I know. It's kind of like a slow march to that. But, and you know, I'd like to think I'd look at it as, you know, I want to live a rich, fulfilling life. And, you know, I know it's a serious topic with a lot of people who do have, you know, terminal illness, things like that. And, and I give them a ton of credit for the attitude they have because I think it is a lot better than probably what I would do if I was in that situation. Yeah, I mean, you hear stories of people who are told they only have weeks, months to live mm-hmm. and and um you know, for the most part, those are like the strongest people. Yeah, they obviously. really are. I give those people a ton of credit. Exactly. And and I always find it just 
insane how strong those people are in in those moments because you always think of like what if that happened to me like how mm-hmm. would i think that'd be so scary you know i don't know like i would you know my family etc just all of these things would be going through your head so yeah i mean those people just absolutely amaze me you know just how strong they can be how positive they can be a lot of people um when they're in that type of situation will use their remaining time to really try to impact leave an impression um but and i think that should just be a a lesson for us all to just every day you're here should be like that you know what i mean try to do good leave an impression on people and just leave a legacy i mean i think that's one of my biggest fears is like passing away and then being forgotten down mm-hmm. the road I, I don't know that's all just always like kind of hit me weird um and so i'm i'm it's on this journey of just trying to leave a lasting impression in some way i guess i guess you can say but but yeah man that's it's insane i i, I don't know man I, I just couldn't handle knowing when um and i know it's a reality for mm-hmm. some people but I, I think i'd rather know how sure i think but I tell you what, either or, uh, we do have some basketball to talk about. Steph Curry is back tonight, a little bit too late for the Warriors, who are 17 games out of playoff position with 21 to go. What is the point? Yeah. I just don't Why get it. Why go out there and risk it? I don't get it. I mean, is, is the organization pressuring them to just get out there for the fans' sake? Um, you're obviously trying to get the number one pick. Yeah, why risk going, having him go out there and, and injuring himself again and things like that? Um it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I mean, as a fan, I'd love, I want to see him play. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, it's been too long, and the NBA isn't the same without him and Steph, and or not or him and Clay, and, and things like that. But for me, it just doesn't make sense as an organization. You got 21 games left. You're the worst team in the league. Obviously, you're trying to get the first overall pick. Why mess that up? I tell you what, Steph is going to be back tonight, and maybe it's a glimpse, a uh, glimpse of the future because they'll have uh, Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins there, and when they get Clay Thompson back next year, I mean, that Golden State team could be pretty darn good again yeah i mean the the word on the street is this is kind of a bye year mm-hmm. um, kind of a year off um i know they were joking i think it was on this station espn radio where they're like i think steve they said steve kerr joked about not coach not wanting to coach in the beginning of the season like mm-hmm. can i just take the year off as well um but yeah this could be a blessing in disguise these injuries obviously there was a little bit of transition and and they were trying to figure out some turnover with Kevin Durant leaving and things like that. But now they're going to get a first-round pick, which a couple years ago no one would have ever thought they were going to get a first-round pick. Like you said, Clay's coming back. They got Wiggins there, Draymond, Steph. Um, they need a big man. James Wiseman is just sitting there waiting, mm-hmm. waiting to go to Golden State. So um, I think it's going to take more than that, but I think – people are going to remember very quickly next season about this Golden State team. The uh, way the Western Conference is set up right now, you've got the Lakers and Clippers on top, and then I think it's the Nuggets and then Houston. Where would you put Golden State at full strength into that? You know, assuming that they get Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond Green, where would you put them in terms of the Western Conference as it is right now? I would put them right, probably like right in the middle-ish area of of those four or overall of, of overall like in the in the seating. I think they would be like maybe like a fourth or fifth seed. I think mm-hmm. um, they the depth kind of scares me, but I think this season they've been able to develop players a little bit f- uh, faster. I'm obviously a huge uh, Jordan Poole guy coming out of Michigan. Um, I think his name's Pascal or something. Mm-hmm. Um, number seven. He's a, he's a guy that kind of came out of nowhere, and he's going to be a, a big part for this. For this team, obviously Wiggins coming over. I, I, I mean, when you got two of the best shooters ever, like I said, you're going to get the first round pick. Um, right now, with even without that, I think you put them in fifth seed, sixth seed in the West right now. I tell you what, we have that coming up tonight. Last night, all eyes in the NBA world 
were on maybe the matchup of the year appearance with Luca and Zion going at each other. Luca, Doncic, and Zion Williamson, their first ever head-to-head meeting. It was Zion's first ever back-to-back, and overall I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, 21 points, he shot the ball about, I think he shot 50% from the floor. Luca just won the night, though. He had a triple-double. He sets the team record for triple-doubles in a career. 30 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists as he continues to be the best young player in the NBA. This Luca guy, man, I'm telling you, I, I, I knew he was good coming out. Of, you know, when he was coming out into the draft, you got to be. I mean, if you're the Atlanta Hawks, I know you got Trey Young, and Trey Young is a nice up and coming star. But at the end of the day, you got to look over and see what Luca Doncic is doing. You might have, you might have got an All Star um, in return, but I think you might have let go of, of a all time great. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like a guy that could be on the Mount Rushmore at the end. Yeah. Obviously the best European to ever play potentially. Um, he, he's definitely could end up being that. He has the potential and, and one of the best to ever play. Guy's incredible. I mean, they have Kristaps Porzingis and no one talks about him because that is Luca's right. team. I mean, he's a show. I mm-hmm. mean, when if you're the Dallas Mavericks, you hit a home run. You not only got a good player, he's an entertainer. He's young. Um, he he's a personable person. Mm-hmm. Um, he has uh, he he looks like I know he's from Europe. He looks like an all American just dude. Yeah. Um, and so people can relate to that. And um, he has everything you want. He has the savviness, the skill. Um, the confidence. He's been playing professionally for years. I remember him coming out. People didn't think he was athletic enough. He's ac- athletic enough. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, I mean, Lucas, I think, is going to be the face of the NBA in, in a few years. I think he's he's that good. I mean, I, he's that good. I heard an interesting comparison today on ESPN Radio. I want to get your thoughts on somebody said he looks like Larry Bird 2.0. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I've heard that a few times, and I can see it. I mean, I can see it. Uh, two different generations. But, you know, similar, you know, that Bird was a nice all-around player. Um, I can see the, the similarities in their game. Um, I, I think that would probably be a, a, a very good comp. I don't really know. You know, Luca's so unique in his own ways, it's hard to compare him to anybody. But I could see Larry Bird being being comparable to him, yeah. Well, and we, it's, it's not a player that we've been waiting for the next incarnation of you know we haven't been searching for the next Larry Bird we were looking for the next Michael Jordan for the next Kobe the next LeBron a very different skill set with Larry Legend and what he was able to bring to the table but yeah I guess he's probably about as close as we've gotten since Larry is uh is Luka Doncic he's Bird 2.0 yeah I mean every time you see this guy play it, it's just incredible at just how easy the game the game comes to him, and um, he just turned 21 literally last week. That, to me, um, as old as I am, that's just mind-blowing that he's been able to to be that successful and just have that much confidence in himself and just know who he is as a player to be able to go out there and, and really just kind of put on a show against it doesn't really matter who. Um, Zion is looking like I'm a huge Zion fan. I've been on the Zion bandwagon you know, since I saw him on the Internet in high school dunking over, you know, five foot nine kids. Um He's he's gonna be great too. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as his knees hold up, there's I'm always like watching him play, like just waiting for him to get hurt. Yeah. I don't know why, um, but he he's just a brick house man. He's a brick house. Um, another guy who is unique in his own way. I don't know, you know, Charles Barkley. I think is a comp people mm-hmm. want to bring because he's a bigger body, shorter guy, but sure. has a lot of strength. But um, at the end of the day, if if Zion can get some sort of shot, you know, he has a better shot than most people think, but. If he can really start stepping out, and then obviously his explosion is huge. I think he's he's going to be a great player. I do think his 
window of being great is shorter than Luca's. I think Luca, as he gets older, will be able to kind of figure out new ways to be productive. I think once Zion loses that bounce and that that burst as he gets older and that explosion kind of wears off a little bit, it's going to be tougher for him. But uh, the NBA is in great hands, obviously, with those two. And guys like Jason Tatum, Trey Young, et cetera, uh, you know, that's that next wave of stars. And, and for the NBA, that's what they need. Danner Hoops, Jake Durant with you with that. It is 5 o'clock. Always good having you here, my man. What's coming up at Local 3? Uh, Local 3 tonight. Uh, our game of the week is tonight. Iron Mountain and Nagani Boys basketball, as, as long as the game's still going on. from yeah, what is, I know, is that still on? Somebody please let me know. For, I haven't heard anything, and I haven't received anything from any of the schools. So right. as far as I know, that game's going on. Tune into Local 3 um, tonight at 11. We're going to have full highlights, post-game reaction from the winner. Um, Nagani has a shot. If they could somehow knock an Iron Mountain team off, they could potentially win a share of the, the conference title there. So will be a good one. And then, obviously, Michigan Tech, NMU hockey this weekend, et cetera. So, and then high school hockey as well, Calumet playing, Marquette playing. So um, a lot of stuff going on. That and more coming up at Local 3. Be sure to check them out. Be safe out there. We're about to get hit hard by the snow. Let's, uh, let's call it a day with that. I'm Tanner Hoops for Jake Durant. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.